Jamie Savage, you are the founder of Adventure Awaits, a family travel blog that focuses on outdoor education, ecotourism, among many, many other things. Thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Quote, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. End quote. Tell me what emotions that proverb, uh, you know, evokes from you. Well, and that how, was the... And, and how has it inspired you over the years? Yeah, so that was the, the impetus for Adventure Awaits. And when I saw that quote, I was like, that is why I'm here. It's not because I want to travel because I want to fill some, you know, bucket list. It's because I want to expose my children to the amazing world that we live in. And I want to teach them how to protect it. And so we've been very blessed and we travel a lot. Not only do we live in BC, but a beautiful province, but an amazing country. But when we go, we're constantly talking about how can we protect these spaces and then converting it back to how we you know, do that on a daily basis, whether that's waste reduction, reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink, all those things. So it is about these spaces and how we need to protect them for our future generations because they are the ones that we're protecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you seem, you seem like you've, uh, you've said that before and you've kind of got it down to a science. <laughs> There's no stuttering there, <laughs> right? I'm just very passionate about it. And that quote, it's in my email signature. I think about it every day and in the decisions that I make, in the items I consume or choose not to consume, it's, you know, had generations before us thought differently about our future we may not be facing challenges like global warming and deforestation and some of those other things. So my goal is really to make sure that I'm not continuing that cycle. And what do I need to do to break it up? And right. Adventure awaits. Yeah. And it just takes one step forward, right? It usually yeah. does. Right. Why is your site so respected and, and celebrated uh, adventureawaits.ca? What's it all about for those unfamiliar and, and what makes it so amazing? Yeah, I think number one is that it's our story of just trying to live a more adventurous life. And it started off really small. So people were like, how do you take your, you know, your 18th month old and your three year old hiking? And I was like, how do you not? And so I realized that I actually had a skill set. I had been a Girl Guide leader for 30 years. I grew up outside, but people wanted to live more adventurous lives, but they didn't know how. And so it just started off with tips and tricks and tools. And then as as we grew, you know, opportunities grew and we started to go to more in different places and, and it's just, um, it's high energy. It's lots of fun. It's resource based and it helps encourage and inspire others to live a more adventurous lifestyle. Did you know that there was an audience out there craving for information and how to's before you started this? I'm going to be really vulnerable here. I didn't even know what travel writing was when I started. Oh, wow. Okay. When I started, I started off as a blog and it was all about um, basically what's going to be the catalyst for change in my life is, is adventures and how am I going to pursue more adventures. And, and I'm literally talking about going for a walk once a day in my neighborhood. Like I'm not right. talking about the grand things that have happened since, but, it, but I, there was enough people that kept saying, how do you do that? How do you do that? And so I just started and I was a year into Adventure Awaits before I even knew oh, this is travel. This is travel writing. This is actually, this is parenting. I didn't, and it, and it didn't have a clue what I was even getting into. Once I figured out, I was like, of course, this is what I'm doing. And of course, this is where I belong. And I'm like, my people, you're here. Right. So it all started to make sense, but there was no strategy going in. And for me, that was really hard because I'm a type A person. I, everything has a strategy, everything, you go into everything with a strategy, but I just went in being who I was and trying to support my community. And then it naturally grew. 
So can you pinpoint the moment where ecotourism became a center point? Yeah, I was 10 years old and um, I was in the middle of the ocean up Indian Arm in in Deep Cove, Vancouver. And I looked around and I was like, this is so much bigger than me. And since that day, when I was 10, I've been, you know, protecting the environment. And so that's how I raised my children. And that was the impetus for Adventure Awaits. It was just going, it is about ecotourism. and, And people they kind of get hung up a little bit because they're like, oh, it's so nice that you get to go and have all these amazing experiences. I'm like, that experience cost me nothing. I just went outside. We have so many amazing experiences and places to explore. So don't get caught up on the whole, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians or the Graham or the whatever, like just get outside and explore and you're going to find these amazing pieces around you too. Do you feel COVID has made the staycation cool again? (laughs) Yeah. Although I'm, I'm ready to get out. I'll, 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 you know, I'm not going to lie. I've looked at, we've been at every park locally, but I definitely think it's, it's, um, I mean, everyone is on extreme lockdown right now. So once we're able to get out of, you know, our kind of six square kilometers, I think people are going to be able to explore their own regions a lot more and it is going to be cool again, but it's also, they're going to, and cover so many things that they would never have because they do the Mexico, they do the Hawaii, they do the things. And we've got so many micro adventures and amazing small businesses that are going to get some feature and some love. And that's really exciting for me. You know, I've been at this game for as long as you have. And, and I, my biggest frustration uh, over the years has been um, Canadian humility with respect to not promoting our own backyard enough. Yep. Um, and experiential travel before it became fashionable, right? It's immersing yourself in the experience. And we'll get to it, but, but you make some amazing points. But that said, you know, we've seen nature, talking about ecotourism, we've seen nature kind of go back to its, um, you know, uh, natural state more and more throughout many parts of the world. Um, do you feel that when travel opens back up, people are going to respect it more? They're going to respect the planet more. They're going to respect the kind of the environment more. Or is it one of those things where it's like, great, now I'm making up for lost time. Screw it all. I'm entitled. And here we go again. So those people aren't my people. Right. (laughs) The first group is who I'm talking to. And that's where, you know, as someone who has a voice in this space and a respected, you know, respected, um, I'm really going to be focusing on the whole um, elements of transformational travel and how do we now take that privilege that is travel and how do we really use it as a catalyst for positive changes we go forward. So how do you, and, and really, how do you evaluate what a trip is and where you go and who you work with and what you see and what is a cultural experience versus, uh, hey, I did it, I saw it, right? And so one, yes, they better, number one, they better um, achieve, reach out for those experiences. Two, I think that um, our industry partners also have to lead that conversation. And so the Thompson Okanagan in BC, for example, just got certified as a biosphere and, and they're talking about, yeah, and that's recognized. Right. And so, um, they are leading the way in what sustainable tourism looks like. So it's going to be a trend, but it's a great trend and I hope everyone gets on board. Yeah, absolutely. And it becomes more meaningful, right? Travel becomes a lot more meaningful. It's experiential travel, but it's, it's meaningful and far more engaging. And you know that it's going to humble you at the end of the day. Um, Do you feel like your kids have gotten a head start, not just on travel, but the transformational power of travel? And it's, you know, it's more than just the selfie, as you say, right? I don't think they know that they have gotten a head start, but we know that there's benefits to travel. We know that we are most open to change when we're traveling. 
we know that things like ziplining and, you know, putting yourself over a, you know, a cliff when you're ziplining or you're snowmobiling or you're meeting someone new or there's a language barrier, that when you go into those really uncomfortable spaces that you're learning new skills. And so um, can they identify that now? No, they just think that their mom has a cool job, let's be honest, and mom's a cool one at, right. uh, you know, on, on career day, mom gets to do a cool <laughs> presentation because they're in it. Right. Um, <laughs> But I see it. I see it in, um, you know, I see it in little things. Like if I'm like, hey, we're going away for the weekend, go pack your bags. Boom. They're up, they're down, you know, and they've been doing that since they were seven, whereas other kids maybe not don't have those skills. Um, but in terms of their global um, appreciation for environment and stuff like that, where I see it is in the daily actions that we take, you know, we, like I said, we recycle everything. You know, we reuse, we rethink, we do group sharing in our community, we do all these things. And you know, my, my husband was driving a gas car and he just switched to electric and they were so excited. And number one, not because dad got a new car is because it was better for the environment. Sure. So can they right. identify that? Probably not. They're still too young, but I see it. Right. And in hindsight, they, they most definitely will. Right. Um, I guess if I'm a parent and I have a couple of kids and I want to get them to where your kids are, as far as looking at things differently and getting excited about different things, how, how do I do that? I think number one is to look at things differently. And so a lot of people are like, oh, it's so nice that you get to stay in this fancy hotel or you get to do whatever it is that people are, you know, envying. Cause sometimes it comes from a negative space, right? And they're like, well, that's nice. She can do it, but I could never. And that's the conversation that I really want to help change because we weren't traveling as much, you know, four or five or six years ago, but we made a conscious decision to make travel a priority in our family because we wanted our kids to have these experiences. That meant, number one, we're going to put away $200 a month into a travel fund. That meant that for Christmas, we were asking for the suitcase or the piece or the gift card or the experience. Um, we had to make conscious decisions in order to execute our dreams. Um, so I think that that's the change that needs to happen is that people need to commit to it and go, okay, how can I then make it happen? And for me, for the first year, that only meant going local. And that's okay because almost every single community, especially in Canada, has amazing things to do locally. We've got phenomenal national parks, um, you know, and we've got our local park system. Like, there's so many amazing things to do. So don't think that you can't have amazing experiences. And if you want that to be put to the test, well, COVID's putting it to the test. And like you said, the staycation is the next big thing. And you can go and have incredible day trips. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a few steps back and get your definition on what transformational travel means to you. Well, I knew that you were going to ask that. So I actually uh -huh. wanted to prepare the actual formal one from the Transformational Travel Council. Mm -hmm. And so it's intentionally traveling to stretch and grow into new ways of being and engaging with the world. And so transformational travel to me and where I'm trying to kind of take it is why do we travel? Where are we going to go? And how can we have the most impact for obviously for ourselves, but for the communities that we're you know, going to. And so understanding, is that an ecotourism experience? Are we staying in, you know, are we staying in an authentic in a national park? Are we staying in a really rustic glamping piece? Um, are we staying in a luxury hotel, but making sure that we're connecting with the environment? What are the sustainable pieces of that luxury hotel? Um, and for me, um, I like to be as immersed in the environment as possible. So if I, that just means I have a backpack and a tent, I'm super happy. Um, I have to balance that with my husband who likes to have some of those, you know, more comfortable experiences. So we kind of try to balance both. Right. And I think that there is both, both have, you know, a space. So um, 
So transracial travel for me is a lot of things. It's environment and embracing that. It's cultural, authentic cultural experiences, not just checking something off. Um, and it's also, you know, having those conversations along the way and evaluating who you are, who you're becoming and learning through the process as a family, which is really cool. For sure. And, and I get, you lead kind of into my next question where, you know, how do I, I'll, I'll put it, I'll ask it and then I, I might explain it. How do you immerse yourself in a moment during a trip where you're not just saying, okay, uh, put the bags down. We're here. Uh, let's go, let's go down to the lake or whatever you're going to do. But how do you actually slow down time mm -hmm. to put yourself in almost a meditative kind of moment mm -hmm. to absorb where you are, what you're breathing, who you're with, what you're eating, what you're looking at? Mm -hmm. uh, number one, you get rid of this thing right here. You get rid of your phone, right? And, and really connecting with how we've done that. So when we went to Australia for a month, my husband didn't even bring his phone. So right. he wasn't connected to his friends, his work or anything. And my kids still talk about, well, dad, remember that time dad didn't have his phone. Wow. Um, and that's really hard for me because my phone is a heat. Like that's my business. That's how I work. So when we did our, our month long Australia trip, I worked every morning from 5am till 8am, but then the phone was away the rest of the day and I flipped to a manual camera. So that's honestly the number one trick, but in terms of taking it to that next level, I think number one, as parents, we have to model it, right? And so we talk about the empty cup mentality and it's, it's become a joke in our family because mom was trying to be all philosophical and their dad comes in talking about, well, where's this cup? So right. empty cup philosophy is that every single experience we go into, we come in with an empty cup. So we don't come in with our own expectations on what that trip's going to be, um, what we are expecting the guide to be, what we think we're going to get out of it. We, or what we think we know. Yeah, we've been ziplining lots. I know how to do this. No, you go in with a humble heart and an empty cup. And I want you to fill that cup with everything you can do and that you can learn in this experience, knowing that at dinner time that night, we're going to talk about what's now in our cup. So it's become a joke in our family, which, because it was really hard to kind of bridge. I was like, how am I going to talk with my husband and a cup and everything? And so I kind of, I literally had a cup and we talked about it. And my husband, he made a joke. He's like, where is this cup? But at the end of the day, every single one of my family members had a full cup and they had no problem talking about it. And now as a quick reminder, you know, if I hear, you know, a little bit of ego coming out or something in a conversation, I'm like, where's your cup? And let's just remember that our cups are always empty because we are always growing and learning and we are always grateful for the experiences that we have. That's incredible. That's a great analogy. That's a, oh, wow. I've never heard that before. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I learned it. I took my transformational travel course. So I am, you know, certified in transformational travel. And it was one of the huge philosophies that we came away with. And it's something that, yeah, has definitely transformed. So I can't take credit for it. That's all the TTC, <laughs> but it's something that is really, you know, it, we really embrace and it's a theory that we use. Absolutely. And, you know, it's especially vital, I feel like now, because now you're just so inundated with the Facebooks and YouTubes and, and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and whatever else is going to come up next. And I feel like you're taking, not you, but just generally speaking, people take away from the moment because they're looking forward to what they're going to caption the photo with or what, what filter they're going to use or when they're going to post and what time. And it's like, the empty cup is, it kind of makes perfect sense. I think it's all, it's, it's everything we need right now. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, as uh, let's play the other side of it is those pictures, those moments, those filters, those times are how I've grown my business sure. and also the work that I do. And so how do I then get all that content that I need? 
So my answer is between five and 8 a.m. and then the phone goes away. Or if I'm at an adventure, then I, you know, my family knows we go 10 minutes early so I can get the shots that we need and then I can be immersed in that experience. And it might be that I don't bring my phone out and this experience is all about me and I don't even share it on social. And that's okay too. But it's acknowledging that there is a cost to having the phone out. And as my family, there's a benefit, but we have to balance the both, especially as I've as I have kids transitioning to, you know, be phone users in the next couple of years. Right. Yeah. It's it's about finding the balance and a lot of people can't find it. They don't know it. <laughs> right. It's tough. It's I mean, and let's be honest, those those devices are designed to be addictive. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's dopamine. There's there's so much coming out of that. So we have to really, really acknowledge that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, three-pronged question. I'll separate them. Okay. Like, like me and, and, you know, many others, COVID has shut down, you know, adventures and, and you mentioned six kilometer radius. Where have you found inspiration these days in, in what is, you know, easily our most challenging time in our era? Mm-hmm. My children, um, they are so much more resilient than we as adults are we have perceptions and we have plans and we have schedules and we have calendars and they have today. And yeah, they've gone through their frustrating pieces, but if I lean into them, I'm like, what, what do you need today? What's your body telling you you need? Okay. I, you want, you, you, you clearly need exercise because you're bouncing off the walls. Well, let's go. And you know, each one of our family members, sometimes we take turns planning. Is it biking, hiking, walking, bird watching? Like, what are we going to go do? Or it's just like everybody outside will figure it out once we're right. outside. Right. So if I tune into them, now we came off a really busy travel year too, right? Like we did Australia for a month and then London and then Wales. And then I think I did, anyways, we did a lot in a very short period of time. So they were also open to the break where I thought they were going to get bored. Again, my own perceptions. But if I leaned into what they were needing, they needed a three hour ping pong marathon with mom and dad in the basement. Right. Right. So listening to not what we think we need, but what's in our heart and what's in my children's hearts has been the answer. Right. I'll combine the last two. What opportunities come in the travel industry because of COVID and what positives do you take away uh, from what we've all you know, been through and continue to go through and will probably continue to go through for some time? Well, do you want me to start singing? Okay. Oh, sure. sure. Right? Like <laughs> we have the best country ever. And so as that slowly starts to open up, like our if our problem is that we have to promote Canada for the next couple of years, bring it on. We were handed a silver plate. Like, let's go. And so that's, you know, that's not a problem to me. And I am working with a lot of my followers saying, like, we normally go to Hawaii for the, you know, for the two weeks. We normally, you know, go to Mexico or we go here. I'm really sad I can't go to Europe. And I'm like, Okay, take that $10,000 and go to Churchill, Manitoba and see the polar bears, you know, go to Tofino for a week and go surfing and explurge and go and do the, you know, go up to the hot springs and go and see the otters and do the whale watching. Um, go, go out east and do the lighthouses. And, you know, there's so many things to do on the East Coast and the Cabot Trail. Uh, go to Quebec City and Montreal and Ottawa. Like I could go on and on and on about Canada and people see me do this and go, oh, yes, yeah, someday. And I'm like, Someday is now. The second that opens, get out and explore Canada because one, we need you. Our tourism industry needs you. Two, you're going to have phenomenal cultural experiences in your own country. And what a better legacy to give your children than to teach them about our own Canadian culture. You know, you're preaching to the converted for, for several, <laughs> several years. And I run two Greek food tours in, you know, yeah. food tours in Toronto. And people are always surprised to find out that there are 
first of all, that there are tours in Toronto, number one, which blows me away. And two, that somebody would think of doing that in Toronto. And it's like, why are we bragging so much about Canada to non-Canadians when we don't even explore our own back? So we have no problems bragging, but we have mm -hmm. a problem exploring. And we have a problem putting the dollar value, right? So like, let's be honest, heading up to Churchill, Manitoba is an expensive expedition. Sure. It's primarily targeted in the international market, right? Um, you know, so I get that it is expensive because you're like, do I really want to spend that money to go to Manitoba? Right. Go on that trip and you come back and tell me that you didn't appreciate the investment. No one says that, right? right? But there is definitely, I think, that education piece. And that's where we talk about transformational experiences happening within our own country and a country with our size and also our unique culture. Like we did Carnival last year and we were in Quebec and my daughter was just learning French. And so just to be like, this is actually a huge part of Canada too. Or for me, you know, going up to none of it, again, that's a more expensive trip. You're looking at, um, I'm going to mispronounce it, but Actuacbec National Park. Mm -hmm. There's some like national, internationally renowned, uh, iconic pieces there that people, you know, from all around the world come to see. But would people think of taking their families there? Maybe not because the cost is often a huge barrier, right? right. Yellowknife, Yukon. So I think that that needs, that needs to change for the next couple of years and going, yeah, no, you're not going to have your Mayan Riviera experience. You're going to have something equally incredible and something that you will never forget. And you, something that will blow you away because you should go in there with an empty cup because you actually have no idea what to expect. Absolutely. Right? All about the empty cup. Yeah. 10 questions with Jamie Savage. Rapid fire. There's nothing rapid about this. Take your time. All right. <laughs> On your bucket list, uh, on your website, you have, you know, make my best friend's dream come true. What's that dream? Well, it's funny because it changes all the time, <laughs> right? And so um, when I first wrote it, um, it was about a certain person and they wanted to do something and then someone else wanted to go to a concert and then someone else wanted to go water skiing for the first time. Someone had never been here. So it changes all the time. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I don't have a really great story in terms of who that is or when, but, um, I think for me, um, it would be my mom's dream come true. And I would love to take my mom to Bora Bora. That would be, that oh, would be sweet. the one. That's, yeah. very nice. That's very nice. Sleep in a bungalow. You know, you find yourself at the airport and you buy a random ticket, right? Mm -hmm. where, where would you go? Today? Today. If today, if everything was like, um, well, here's the thing. Tourism Tahiti is just like, how, like Bora Bora in the middle of the South Polynesia. Like that would be phenomenal. Um, but I, so that would be phenomenal. Um, I think Walt Disney World, again, not eco-tourism, not anything right. that you're, that I, you'd normally hear me talk about. Um, however, I did have that trip booked for my son's birthday. And then this little thing called COVID hit. And so I have an outstanding debt that he really likes to remind me of. <laughs> that's sentimental and that's that's far more valuable absolutely well, and everyone has to do it um right I, well actually that's not true we don't have to do it but we, it's <laughs> definitely something that he is identified that he really wants to do and right. i look forward to sharing that experience with him. right what's messy twister what's messy twister <laughs> i knew that would get a, oh, i knew that <laughs> what is messy twister to me, I, it's about like getting, <laughs> being camping and playing, bringing a twister board out and either you're using shaving cream or you're spraying down the kids as they're trying to do twister and anything you can do to make it a little bit harder for them because then it's just fun, right? Because okay. they play twister with me and 
I do yoga. I'm pretty flexible, but man, these kids can like, like they're like all wrapped around my legs. And I'm like, how do you expect me to get right hand on red? Like that's not happening. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Cause I noticed that and I'm like, I gotta ask this. I gotta ask this question. It's PG. I promise. Okay. <laughs> on, a, on a long haul flight, who's yeah. the one person dead or alive that you'd love to sit next to? Oh, Michelle Obama. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I would say just her, I mean, in her recent book and just talking about her vulnerability around how much she was anti, anti him becoming a president, actually, mm -hmm. you know, she kind of had to get out of her own way in order to help his dreams come true. Um, yeah, she just, just, and, and the impact that she's had, and even their, just their whole family, Barack too, obviously, but from a parenting position and also the work that she's continuing to do and how she's continuing to shape society. Um, she's definitely a woman that I uh, admire. And I think she would be, she'd be fun play some trivia games on the back of the board. We could share some meals. Like I think she'd be a, a fun person on a long haul flight. Absolutely. I Does that mean you. I'm sitting in first class though? Cause I'd really like to sit in first class. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you'd be sitting in first class. You would not have the middle seat next to. Oh, maybe we'd be like on air force one, 2.0 or something, whatever her <laughs> private jet is. And you'd break out the messy twister, right? If her kids were there, then yeah. <laughs> Uh, bigger mental challenge during the pandemic, uh, not traveling or teaching your kids math? Um, huh. <laughs> I was also working full time because I also have a business, another business. And then that yeah. whole thing went through a, um, that whole thing went through a huge transformation as people, everyone stopped and then everyone got back on board and that was insane. So working full time. Um, so no, no, just no to it all. Right. <laughs> no to it all. Homeschool, homeschool was really challenging when I was also working full time, right? So then I was up at like 4am to try and get as much work done and then try to do that and then try to work in between when they were doing it. And, and, you know, I, my heart just breaks because I know there's a lot of families in our country right now that are actually back to homeschooling. Yeah. Um, I know Ontario's on lockdown, Quebec's on lockdown. And I just, it's so hard for full time working parents. Yeah, absolutely. Not traveling can wait, but homeschool, like they got to learn their math. Yeah, they have to. I'm, I have to learn my math. I've forgotten I my math. <laughs> Long I had division, to get, maybe. I had to get my daughter to come help me with my son's homework because I was like, I don't. He's, he's like, no, mom, that's the old way. You got to do it the new way. I'm don't like, you love that? Easier. Don't you love that? And you were probably doing math in your mind five, six years ago, but it's actually been like fifteen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Feel definitely old. What don't you miss about travel? What don't I miss? Um, I think the. I mean, the awareness that's happened, we always knew it was there, but we all kind of ignored it, I think, in terms of the environmental impact that we were making. And so less travel is probably good travel. So trying to be more mindful of that going forward. But yeah, so the environmental impact of the travel and trying to figure out even how to go, you know, even lighter when we do travel. So mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. we can be non-motorized, we do, but really making an effort of that. Um, sure, sure. I mean, yeah. I don't miss, I don't miss, <laughs> I don't miss long haul flights. <laughs> and you. trying to entertain and balance kids and food and all those things. Right. Yeah. Right. Favorite travel memory as a kid? Ah, uh, so many, but definitely boating with my parents. So we got, uh, we got into boating when I was about 10 years old, which is once I was on the ocean, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm home. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then that's where I started to have all those revelations about how important this magical place was to protect. So right. If right. you see me at my happiest, I'm on the ocean. Right. Yeah. Uh, bigger pet peeve, people sitting in the wrong seat on a plane or 
people who sit on the wrong seat of a plane and tell you you're wrong? <laughs> B. Because I like being right. So then my ego just gets hurt. And I'm like, don't you make me whip out this, you know, proof. Um, I would say option C. My father-in-law actually went onto a plane, told someone he was in the wrong seat. Not only was my father-in-law on the wrong plane, but yeah, he was on the wrong seat as well. So then the stewards had to come and say, sir, you're going to Seattle, not Vancouver. This is the wrong plane. Never mind the wrong seat. So I always feel better because I like to make fun of him for that one. That's a great, that's a great Christmas story that keeps on getting more beautiful by the year. Oh yeah. I like to remind him. <laughs> Final question. If you had the world's attention for 10 seconds, what would you say? <sighs> Smart enough. Um, for 10 seconds. You don't I, have to I, use the entire 10 seconds, oh, but I, you have yeah, 10 seconds. I know if I had a billboard well, and I could tell everybody, what would I say? I would probably go back to where we started and I would say, you know, um, we do not inherit this earth from our ancestors, but we borrow it from our children. Couldn't have, couldn't have, you know, put it in full circle any better than that. Jamie Savage, you're uh, you're an unbelievable woman. You do so much already. Uh, Adventureawaits.ca. Check out the website, guys. Lots of great information, great energy. You'll feel that energy through the screen. Jamie Savage, thank you so much for joining me today on the Fact Up Podcast. And I wish you and your family continued health and happiness as we go along here. Adventure awaits. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.